I've been gone for over a decade, and this is the topic that I always wish I'd done previously. Well, thanks to a stay-at-home order and a furlough, both caused by COVID-19, problem solved! And boom, look at that, I'm dropping two episodes on y'all asses. Most of us have a lot of digital stuff nowadays. Most likely you have a smartphone, it has a bunch of personal data on it. I mean, you probably have your contact information on there about your friends and family, and you've probably got numerous messages between those people. I mean, since you keep your phone with you at almost all times, it's probably a pretty good proxy for your location. You probably have a bunch of apps and games on there, and, you know, taken together, those kind of reveal something about who and what you enjoy. I mean, I, I bet you have a music collection on your phone, or, or maybe you just simply use a streaming service, and, and that streaming service, uh, probably has a history of everything you've ever listened to and when. I mean, the music you listen to might say a lot about who you are as a person. I'm sure you got pictures on your phone showing places you've been, people you hang out with, things you've done, various dick pics and coochie shots. And, and what about videos? I mean, probably got some of those too. And you might have some very personal photos and videos that you might prefer to keep just between you and the guy you blew behind Red Lobster. You might have some notes for that great story you've been wanting to write. You know, the, the one about the characters from Twilight, 200 years in the future, where the Cullens are on the run being hunted because advanced technology now allows them to be easily tracked and hunted down and killed. Belle and Edward are, of course, divorced. I mean, who didn't see that coming? I mean, what the hell would an 18-year-old and a 109-year-old possibly have in common? Jeez. You likely have some financial apps on your phone, access to your bank, your retirement account, you know, um, probably some online payment services like Zelle or PayPal. Maybe you've dabbled in the stock market a little and kicking yourself for selling those Apple shares when it hit the then all-time high of $64. But but you've, you've learned to let that go. Maybe you got an app that allows you to check on your baby at home while, you know, you're out somewhere else, you know, looking at them from a webcam aimed at the crib. Or, or you know, maybe you've got one of those electronic door locks that can remotely lock and unlock your front door. Or, or maybe you just have an electronic doorbell, you know, it's got a camera and speaker on it. You might even have a calendar that's linked to your job that shows when and where meetings are. I mean... I've got an Amazon app and a few other store apps that already have my info and credit card numbers stored, so so I don't have to type them in when I use them. I've even got an app for my internet service provider and my pharmacy. I also have both major ride-sharing services, and at any moment it's set up so I can just make a call and a taxi-like car is there to pick me up. In addition, I have an app that electronically lets me physically enter my work's office. Well, when pandemics aren't currently ongoing. And speaking of pandemics, maybe you have a lot more restaurant apps on your phone right now. They're set up so you can quickly pick up or have delivered a double cheeseburger and a side of asparagus. Certainly, you've got a browser on there. And unless you're using privacy mode, your browsing history is on there. Even that time you went to discountproctology.com. And in addition to history, you've probably got it set up automatically to log into various websites and forums for you. I mean, every time you visit bikechainenthusiast.com, it's such a pain to repeatedly type your username, gonadwarrior2. God, somebody took gonadwarrior? Oh, and you probably don't worry about logging into MySpace, AOL, Friendster, or whatever social media the kids are into these days, what with their ghost chats and their Tic Tacs. My point is, there's quite a bit of personal information about you on your phone. More than you probably think. Might be more revealing than you really want anybody else to find out about. And there's likely access to some type of financial stuff, be it you know a bank or the ability to order something at a moment's notice. I mean, you probably don't want just anybody to have access to your phone. So, don't give it to strangers. Thank you. The end. So, uh, terrorists, is that still a thing? Um, who was the last terrorist attack we had? I mean, I mean, there have been a few, but 
And that pales in comparison to the non-terrorist mass shootings we've had, which, by definition, since they're performed by local white people, are not allowed to be called acts of terrorism. We reserve that for foreigners and brown people exclusively. If you're brown and you shoot five people at Burger King, you're a terrorist. If you're white, you're just a crazy lone gunman. Almost sounds heroic. The crazy lone gunman fighting for justice. And while mass shootings would be an interesting topic, that's, that's not what I'm going to talk about today, mostly. So it's 2020, and terrorism is still a thing that we have to deal with. We also have to deal with mass shooters and Alec Jones's conspiracy theories. Crimes are being committed all across this great nation, and naturally, law enforcement wants to catch the bad guys. And, and certainly you, even you, want the bad guys to be caught, right? Crime. Crime. Crime! Are you scared yet? You should be. So, how is law enforcement supposed to catch criminals? I mean, thanks to the 273 CSI derivatives on TV, criminals today know all the police's tricks yes. and leave virtually no evidence at any crime scene. Plus, they do everything online anyway. I mean, except the actual murder or robbery or shooting or whatever. So what law enforcement officers need is access to criminals' phones and computers. I mean, all the evidence is there, plain and simple. They've unfortunately hit some snags. You see, modern phones and computers can be encrypted. So, I don't know if you know what encryption is, but basically, it's a way to take something like a, a password or a key and using that, do math on things so that those things are no longer recognizable and can only be made recognizable with that original key. Meaning, a document isn't readable, a picture isn't viewable, a Michael Bay film isn't watchable. Seriously, that has nothing to do with encryption. Encryption makes data worthless without that password. You're using encryption without even knowing it. I mean, any bank or online store uses encryption. So the, the conversation that you know your browser and your app has with the bank or the store or whatever, so they're not readable by anybody else. Allow me to make a long story even longer. Imagine a line of, say, 10 people. You're, you're at one end, and, and Jack, a, a prominent local soup advocate, he's all the way at the other end. And you decide to send him a note about why broccoli cheddar is not a soup. So you write it on a piece of paper, fold it in half, and then hand it to the person next to you and say, you know, here, pass this along down the way. So it keeps moving. Halfway down the line, Nosy Alice, a total shill for Campbell's, unfolds the note and starts reading it. OMG! What? That's personal! After she reads it, she passes it along. It eventually reaches Jack, and he glares at you menacingly as you realize just how big of a mistake you've made. As you speedwalk to your car, it occurs to you that had you not even been watching the note, you wouldn't have even known Alice read it. It made its way just fine to Jack. Surprise! I've just described the internet. When you do anything on the internet, a bunch of computers you've never heard of pass your message along to a bunch of other computers you've never heard of, and again and again, but this time from different angles until the words Jiminy Jillikers have lost all meaning. You normally have no idea how many computers are involved, and you certainly don't know who or what controls them. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a way to find out, but the average person doesn't do this, and the specific route and the computers involved changes dynamically. So when you send an email... There's nothing stopping any one of these computers from doing whatever it wants. Oh yeah, baby. Read that email. Yeah. Let me insert a little advertisement for local taco purveyors. You like that? What if I smack your attachments? Put my foot in your header? 
None of that actually happened. Um, oh, well, no, uh, that's not true. Actually, computers do read your email messages. Google, Yahoo, pretty much any free email service, a computer is reading your email so that it can attempt to serve you more meaningful advertisements or whatever nefarious purposes they choose. But my point is, there's a lot of ways your message can be read or altered if anybody wants to do such a thing, and you have no way of knowing if anybody's read it. Period. I mean, they could just make a copy of it and store it for eternity. And this isn't just with email. The same exact thing happens when you surf the interwebs. Oh, and, and by the way, uh, certain ISPs, that's Internet Service Provider, these are whoever you get your internet from, they've gotten caught inserting advertisements into pages you view. I mean, let that sink in. You're you're looking at a recipe for pulled pork online, and your ISP decides to insert an ad for Charlotte's Web at the bottom of the page. That's a thing. It happened many times. Um... This is related to how your ISP knows you've been lurking on leadpipesforless.com and kept going back to the throat crusher page. I mean, they record where you go. Yeah, they do. So that when the police show up later looking for the murder weapon, they know where you bought it. I mean, your ISP basically is the first person you pass the note to. They record that and have to cooperate with the authorities. Okay, wasn't I talking about murderers and terrorists in a state-of-the-art detention center where the criminals are held in place with magnets? Yes, uh, I mentioned encryption. Um, basically, encryption defeats all those problems I just talked about. Um, most popular websites you go to today, they're, they're encrypted. I mean, the traffic is encrypted. This means that no one could read your internet traffic except the site you're going to. Your, your ISP can't even read it. They would have no idea you're shopping for murder weapons on Knives.com, so feel free to check out that article titled 18 Surprising Methods of Inflicting Abdominal Wounds. I mean, they'll know you're on the site, but that's it. I mean, they have to know where to send it. Unfortunately, email is not encrypted, so the problem still exists there. You probably shouldn't be emailing anyone really personal information like about your finances or pictures of that separating wound you've been picking at. Your bank app, though, it, it uses encryption, so your online transactions are private. And many messaging apps, they also use encryption. Um, that, that's not all of them. you got to check on that one, though. Your, your phone itself is probably encrypted. This means that without the password, no one can get to your data that's on the phone. But uh, many phones synchronize their stuff that's on your phone with the computer on the internet, or, or cloud as the cool people call it. This is done for, for backups and for convenience. I mean, so it lets you do things like look at your phone's pictures on your laptop. So now we circle back to law enforcement. Uh, they want to get in the bad guy's phones, but they can't. And Apple and Google have straight up refused to help them. They prefer to allow terrorists and murderers to go free. They're evil. They don't care how many lives they destroy. Oh, now they're raping their own mother, abusing a whore, snorting coke. Don't put them on the Rolling Stone cover. So we're at the point where there are bad guys and encryption is helping said bad guys. So maybe encryption's not that good after all. So it's time to change the proverbial music. Let's introduce another character to this sordid story. This summer, in a world where everything is digital, there's nothing to stop a man from taking everything. Everything. 
He somehow hacked my bank account. Susie's college fund is completely gone. Sir, I'm sorry, but our system is completely down. You'll have to get your Panda Importer license renewed some other time. But I've got hungry guests arriving in two hours. He's been stalking our daughter. He somehow manages to find her every day. You've got to stop that creep. The entire hospital's been shut down by these hackers with this, what did you call it, ransomware? I got patients that are going to die. Do something. Pay them. I don't care. Sir, I'm sorry, but our system is completely down. We won't be able to sell you any enemas today. But my kid's birthday party is in two hours. The cloud will be disappointed. Son of a bitch stole my Twilight reboot story. What am I going to do with all this body glitter? He knows. He knows. Oh my god, he knows. He has everything. The receipts, the letters, those dick pics I sent to Larry. Sir, I'm sorry, but our system is completely down. You won't be able to rent this copy of Big Black Asses 3. But the clan meeting starts in two hours. The clown will be disappointed. He's taken over my Twitter account. He won't stop posting anti-Semitic rap songs. I'll never be able to strip in this part of town again. And he knows about Red Lobster too. I didn't order the best of Rammstein on collectible vinyl. Why was it delivered to Whole Foods? Frank! He's watching little Timmy in his crib through the baby camera. He's threatening to call child services because of what we let the cat do. A waitress with a visible infection on her serving arm. They stole all our plans from the servers and made it all public. Everyone knows we knew vaping was dangerous. Our stock is tanking. And they stole pictures from my phone. My wife is leaving me over the one with the waiter. It won't let me in. I know this is my password. Same as my luggage. One, two, three, four, five. The door won't stay locked anymore. Anyone can get into our home. I told you connecting a lock to the internet was a stupid idea. He says he won't release it if I send him nude pictures. But, but how do I know he still won't release it anyway? Hacker Man, The Tickening, Rated R. God, I've always wanted to make one of those. Okay, so there's these people. We call them hackers. Um, that There's actually some nuance of that word, uh, hacker. But because it's the popular vernacular, I'm going to go ahead and keep using the term to mean someone that attempts to access a computer without proper authorization. Uh, there are good guy hackers called white hat hackers, but I'm mostly just going to refer to the bad guys here. So, if you're not aware of this, uh, hacking has become really big business. I mean, if you think of hackers as some nerd in his basement licking Cheetos dust off his fingers, uh, well, 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 it's actually pretty accurate. But, uh, but also, there's this thing called uh, state-sponsored hackers. The U.S. has them, Russia has them, China has them, lots of countries have them. I mean, uh, this is essentially a government-run software company dedicated to whatever the government wants, using hacker techniques. I mean, this is absolutely a real thing, and they have enormous funding. Are you aware there's online markets where you can buy a way to break into someone's computer or phone? I mean, these are these are called exploits, and they often just rely on some bug or deficiency in the software. Um, there's like there's a company named Zerodium that in 2015 was offering one million dollars to a hacker that could provide an exploit for iPhones. 
I mean, they frequently offer tens of thousands of dollars to you know to buy exploits for things like Windows and Flash and Adobe Acrobat. And then they, they sell these exploits to state-sponsored hacking groups or law enforcement agencies trying to get into somebody's phone or just anyone that has that kind of money to pay. Um, if you go to their website, it's they're, they're pretty clear about what they do. <laughs> Companies like uh, Apple, Microsoft, Adobe, Google, they, uh, they also pay for exploits, but uh, in, in their own products, and that's just so they can fix them. But they don't pay as much as companies like Zerodium. I mean, so if you're a white hat hacker and you just spent three months figuring out how to install an unauthorized app on an iPhone, you can, and these are actual figures from 2015, get $250,000 from Apple, or you could get $1 million from Zerodium. I, I'd, I'd like to think that I'd do the right thing, but oh my God, $750,000 more is incredibly tempting. But, but ignore that one company. That's not important. There are just individual hackers out there that trying to break into things. Uh, just because they sell it doesn't mean they can't also use it themselves. So let me see if I can scare the crap out of you by telling you about some real-world ways that hackers are attacking people. Hackers have attacked USB thumb drive manufacturers in China and planted malware on them. Okay, malware is just a blanket term for software that's doing something you really don't want it doing. I mean, it could be stealing your credit card and personal information. It could be installing more sophisticated malware on your system for a larger attack. It could be emailing dick pics on your behalf to everyone in your contacts. Anyway, hackers got thumb drives to be manufactured with malware on them. You buy a brand new thumb drive, bam, you're infected. They also did the same thing for phone charging cables. Just plugging your phone into a cheap charger could hack your phone. Doorbell cameras, and, and really any camera that's on the internet, have been, have been hacked so that the hacker can see what it sees. I mean, some of them have microphones and are speakers on them, and so the hacker can then use those. So, for instance, I watched a news report where some hacker was yelling racist remarks at an interracial couple in their own home through an online baby monitor. And speaking of cameras, the, uh, the cameras on all the different types of laptops and all-in-one computers, they've been hacked so somebody can see and hear you. And uh, just so you know, on many of the computers, that little light that tells you the uh, camera's on doesn't have to be on in order for the camera to work. So that light be might be off and someone's still looking at you. This is called ratting, R-A-T, Remote Admin Tool. And it's an underground thing with people spying on others Super creepy. It's easy to do, and it's real. I want you to understand that. Uh, there's literally a how-to book for noobs available online for this. And speaking of cameras, um, many phones and tablets, uh, they can be hacked the same way. Th think about that the next time you're reading the news on the toilet or, or jerking off to porn on the toilet. Hackers have found a way to infect the firmware in your hard drive. Okay, if you don't know what firmware is, I'm not going to explain it. I'll just say this, though. It means that if you were to wipe your hard drive clean and reinstall the OS, the malware's still there. You just have to buy a new hard drive, and let's hope that the hackers don't get into the hard drive manufacturer systems. There's an exploit called Rowhammer and various derivatives. Um, I'm not going to go into that, but just some super basics here. Uh, you visit a webpage with, say, a malicious advertisement, which looks totally normal to you. It hammers your RAM and your computer and BAM! Pwned! I mean, 
you did nothing wrong and your computer is compromised. Now, okay, in this one so far, there, there aren't any known usages in the wild, but it's an issue with your computer's memory, meaning it's not something you can easily fix. And there's a ton of research out there about it just waiting for hackers to utilize. Researchers have found ways to use a laser on a window to read vibrations generated by your keyboard with amazing accuracy. I mean, again, this one is one I don't think is out in the, out in the wild, but there is a body of work available for somebody to exploit. Hackers have found a way to infect your computer via its firmware using only sound. The thing doesn't even have to be hooked up to a network. That's crazy. And this one is in the wild. I mean, for various reasons, it isn't likely to spread very far, but people have found this in the wild. Do you know hackers will order things online from one person's account, but either send it somewhere else, like one of those Amazon pickup lockers, or have it delivered to an associate's house. The associate then returns it to a physical store for a cash refund, and they split the money. And the poor sucker it was delivered to takes all the risk in that one. Now this next thing is not a hacker, but it's, it's related, and I just want to educate people about this. There are people that make a physical thing that looks exactly like the front of an ATM or gas pump or at least part of it. I mean, they place this thin veneer onto an ATM or gas pump such that when you insert your card, it passes through a second card reader that steals your card's number. Then when you go to enter your PIN or zip code, you're pushing a button that sits on top of the real button. So this results in the real button getting pushed, but this veneer can record what you entered. So now they can steal your card number and your PIN without you even knowing. And this is really happening. And when you see the quality of work these people, you would realize there's no way you would ever be able to tell. I mean, the ones that I've seen on news reports look exactly like the real thing. In some cases, they're, they're using the actual OEM parts to do this. Okay, well, that isn't really a hacker thing. I bring it up because these people then take your credit card information and they sell it on the same sites that hackers do. So your information ends up on some site so somebody else can just buy your credit card info, usually for, for pennies. Like, seriously. And these aren't even on so-called dark websites. You should be able to Google this and find this. Or, or, or better yet, uh, use my preferred search engine, seriously, uh, DuckDuckGo. They care about your privacy. Not an ad, just a fan. Speaking of physical devices, ever notice how in some established stores and fast food restaurants, their cash register is clearly just a computer? And, and you as a customer can clearly see a bunch of USB ports and network cables. Well, hackers have plugged devices into those to get access to the store's transaction. I believe this happened to Subways and maybe Macy's a few years ago. There's also something called ransomware. This is where your system gets hacked and they do something to it so you can no longer access your data and or functionality. They, they might encrypt it or they might simply copy it and delete the originals from your system, but then you get a message that says you've got to pay them if you want back your data or your functionality. Um, and they use online cryptocurrency so you can't trace the payment from or anything. Um, this, this has happened a lot to hospitals and local government agencies in particular. The, the hackers demand usually a, a relatively small or modest sum because they know the business is going to pay. And by modest, I mean relative to that particular entity. I mean, it may be $50,000 or $200,000. The, uh, 
the pattern that I'm seeing is that they ask for just enough so that it's going to be considered a nuisance, um, and, and, and payment really does restore service. They're the trustworthy black hat hackers. Side note, uh, there are businesses that say they prevent this type of thing and that you won't have to pay any ransom ever. One of them, and I don't remember what their name is, uh, but they were simply found that they just paid the ransom on your behalf. And while they sell their services as preventative, they really were just selling insurance. Although, I'm sure there's some things they can do to improve your security, but this is kind of difficult to prevent completely. Again, something else not related to hacking, but did you know that the major mobile telecoms have a service where anyone can say they're a private eye and pay a small fee, and then you get access to a website where you punch in a phone number and... Bam, it shows you where that phone is in real time. Whew, that's creepy. Um, this became public knowledge a few years ago, and they all promised they were going to shut it down. But uh, apparently they didn't actually stop. Um, that's scary. Uh, I mentioned this mostly to make you think about what happens if anybody can just see where you are. So being hacked is a little abstract, but a paid service that actually exists isn't. But hackers can do this very same thing. Maybe some burglars want to know when you're not at home. Maybe some guy wants to stalk your sexy teenage daughter. Maybe your ex wants to follow your new partner for... reasons. Maybe your current partner has trust issues and wants to follow you. Maybe there's justification for that lack of trust and you don't want them to know where you're going. Just super creepy to me that you can so easily be followed in this day and age. So... Researchers have discovered it is remarkably trivial to remotely take over many modern cars. Depending on the car's features, they can do a lot of different things, such as steering the car, applying the brakes, turn the car off. I mean, imagine losing power steering on the highway on a curve. And they can do all this wirelessly while driving behind you. And later, when the police are staring at your burning corpse behind the wheel, there's little to no evidence to be found inside the car's computer. Free tip there. That's a great way to kill somebody and get away with it. Oh, and of course, uh, you can also hack stoplights easy. Most of them have almost no real security on them, and most of them seem to be using the default password supplied by the factory. <sighs> okay, I've talked about how much stuff is on your phone, I've talked about how law enforcement wants to catch bad guys, and I've talked about hackers. How does this all come together? This all comes down to one thing for me. Law enforcement wants companies like Apple and Google and Microsoft and others to make back doors. They want a way for law enforcement to get into phones and computers so they can catch bad guys. But there's a fatal flaw with their proposed solution. You cannot create a back door that can only be used by good guys. It's utterly impossible. If it exists, bad guys will find it. I've explained the links hackers have gone to. They are incredibly tenacious people. Some of these exploits require weeks of literally changing a single bit and seeing how that affects the system. And then they change a different bit and see what happens. And again and again and again, but from different angles. These are detail-oriented people. Some of them do this type of thing out of enjoyment. Yes, there are people that enjoy looking at a screen full of hexadecimal and trying to unlock its meaning. It's a puzzle to them, and I know I love puzzles. Some of them do this for money. You can make a lot of money doing this. There's legal and illegal ways to make money hacking. There's far more money on the illegal side. Now throw in the fact that many black hat hackers are in other countries where there's zero chance of being extradited. 
I think there's no chance for repercussions for them. It may be illegal for them to attack their own citizens, but not a citizen in another country. They got nothing to lose. When you have what is a master key for a computerized system, it will be hacked if it's of value. DVDs had a digital copy protection. The players hold a master key to play them. Hacked. Blu-ray players have the same thing. Hacked. 4K Blu-rays introduce yet another mechanism. Hacked. It's a stupid game of whack-a-mole. You cannot create an unhackable computer system. Now, I know I've heard lots of people say, smart people can solve this problem. No! To say such a thing means you lack the understanding of how computers work. It's like saying, if you're smart enough, you'll find the last digit of 10 divided by 3. It's 3.3333333337. No! The threes don't end. Math doesn't work like that. Computers can't be unhackable. If you have a physical lock on a door, you can disassemble that lock and learn how it works. You could then reverse engineer a key to open that lock. But... Your lock now is in pieces, and it was just the lock for your door. However, if that lock has a master key that works on other locks, your lock is in pieces, but now you see how to make a master key that will work on other locks. That's what will happen with the software backdoor. Hackers will just buy several phones and digitally take them apart and figure out the master key. Now they have the key for everyone's phone. Right now, you have a password on your phone, or biometric equivalent. I'll say something about that later. The password is a key in a complex encryption system. So everyone, theoretically, has a unique key to their device. What is the first rule of any kind of security? Digital, physical, aquatic? Reduce your surface of attack. That means to reduce the number of ways you even can be attacked. In the, in the physical world, this means things like fewer doors and windows, or put your building under a mountain with a single entrance. Same principle works in the digital world, but it's things like close unneeded ports and require privilege escalation. If the only way to get into your system is via your password, but then you add a master key, you have doubled your surface area of attack. Now, now you may think, it's only one more, but because it's a master key, it's much easier to learn, as I've shown, because all phones provide a way for you to learn the master key. Now, Okay, I'm intentionally, grossly oversimplifying this issue, just so my geek peeps know. Because this is an incredibly complicated topic, but the principle stands. Now, I can hear some people thinking, it doesn't have to be a single master key for all. Yeah, they tried that with Blu-ray. Hacked! Next. Computer security is incredibly difficult. And I am saying, it's virtually impossible to stop someone from getting into your system if they have enough resources. I'm also saying... Why make it easier? The answer is terrorists and criminals. We, we gotta stop the terrorists and criminals. Well, somebody please think of the children. To which I say three things. Terrorists, criminals, and everyone have access to apps that communicate privately and securely. I mean, these can be even one-offs written entirely by their organization. So getting access to a phone might not get you anything useful. All their conversations might just use yet another layer of encryption. Second, how many phones does law enforcement need to get into? 
And compare that to the number of phones they don't need access. I I couldn't find this information, but I've repeatedly heard large cities like New York say they have close to a thousand phones they need access to. So so let's pick a freaking huge number. Law enforcement all across America needs access to a total of a hundred thousand phones. That seems conservatively large. So that's out of how many total? Now, everything I found out about the total number of cell phones shows that it's it's way over half the population in America. But Let's just be conservative and say it's only half. That's 165 million. So you're going to put 165 million Americans at risk for those 100,000 phones. And to be honest, do you really need to get into the phone of some random drug user? Meanwhile, those 165 million people can now be much more easily hacked to steal their information, to be used in an expensive ransomware attacks, to be spied on, to have their movements tracked, or any number of other things that thousands of highly motivated bad guys all around the world want to do. Oh, and a very large number of those 165 million are, are minors. Won't somebody please think of the children? Lastly, law enforcement has other ways to obtain a lot of data. When given a court order, Apple, Google, AT&T, Verizon, others, they've all handed data from their servers over to law enforcement. To me, it's not worth the risk they put everyone else at just to retroactively, possibly, get some information from a now-dead bad guy's phone. Uh, That's what this entire episode comes down to. A backdoor that's only for good guys is an impossible and stupid idea that puts everyone in America at a huge, real-world risk. I mean, these attacks are happening now and are profitable. This isn't theoretical. Why make this easier for bad guys? So, how, how do you protect yourself in this horrible digital world? Honestly, you, you really can't do anything to protect yourself completely. But uh, here are five things you can do to vastly improve your security situation. First, never, ever, ever, ever... Share your password across sites. Hey, I don't care about my account at bikechainenthusiast.com, so I'll use my Amazon password. The next day. Extra, extra, bikechainenthusiast.com hacked. Everyone's information stolen. Now I have access to your Amazon account. Ho, ho, ho. Second, you should really be using a password manager. This is a program that generates and securely stores your passwords and can fill them in on web pages and in apps on your phone. It can generate obnoxiously long, complex passwords for you that are very difficult to crack. This is how you stop using the same password on multiple sites. And you won't ever need to remember them or type them in. They do introduce some occasional inconveniences, but uh, you're just going to need to learn to deal with that and live with it. Trust me, it's worth it. Third, Don't ever answer those security questions with real answers. What's your favorite car? Answer, albino moose. What's your third grade teacher's name? Answer, Wakanda forever! Favorite color? Answer, fuck you. Much of that information is not private. Just store fake answers in your password manager. Just be warned, though. You you may have to answer those to a person on the phone. Uh, I had a particularly embarrassing answer to my favorite vacation that involved... uh, Butts and uh, things. Fourth, keep your systems up to date. Install system and app updates. Then get infuriated when one of the updates breaks something or removes your favorite functionality. But but up, update nonetheless. Fifth, 
Tell your representatives that the risk of a backdoor for law enforcement do not outweigh the benefits. Remember, 10 divided by 3 has no final number. It's not a question of how smart you are. Security is always a balance between convenience and strength. We, we walk a fine line. Now, 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 most people nowadays, they use biometrics for their phone. Um, these are things like the fingerprint sensor or the face sensor. And, and, and I, I do the same thing. But uh, I do have two problems with these. One, you, you can't change your biometric signature. Um, you can't change your fingerprint or your face. And I've yet to see one of these sensors that can't be fooled. And two, you're not using a username and password. It's really just a username. It's only used to identify who you are. It's just one piece of information versus a username and password. But I will say for convenience, I do use one to get into my phone. But, but I don't use that to get into my password manager or apps that I feel require extra security. For those, I have to tediously type my password manager's password and let it fill in my app's password. But, but that's me, and I'm a little paranoid if you haven't noticed. One more point on why a master key is bad. I mean, let's pretend for just a moment, that it can't be cracked. They, they, they do come up with a scheme that's 100% completely uncrackable, never can do it. Do you know the FBI servers have been hacked? And, and lots of other government agencies? I mean, Edward Snowden, who I believe should be revered as a whistleblowing hero, just plain walked away with some private information revealing how our own government was violating our Fourth Amendment rights. Thank you. But, uh, between software exploits, bribery from state-sponsored actors, and greed, social engineering, and whistleblowing, I mean, there's any number of other ways a master key could get out into the wild even if it can't be cracked. And when the stakes are this big, it will. Totally off topic. Uh, to everyone that makes cell phones or computers, Apple, Samsung, LG, Dell, whoever, I hope the coronavirus proves to you that you really need to start making the self-facing cameras better. I mean, I can't believe how bad TV looks right now. There's TV professionals getting their butts whipped by YouTubers that have better camera equipment. All because well, no one thinks you need a selfie camera that's any good. Please, make better cameras. You're already making a good camera on the back usually. Just put the same damn one on the front. I'll leave you with two sayings. A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are for. Computer nerds have a related saying. The only safe computer is one that's off. Thank you and good night. I'll be back in another decade to discuss why replicated steak is more nutritious than backgrown beef or, or how your robot butler is destroying the environment. <laughs>